up until this point in the week, you guys have only been fed the most lukewarm of takes. But here on Splash Play, we're ready to go full scorched earth on the week four slate. Yes, I have been addled by COVID all week, but I've been storing up my hot takes for this show because I need to have them with Pete today. We're also going to do a little pop quiz. I've got some data to dig into. I'm going to ask Pete the questions, and you guys can play along at home. And, of course, as Pete mentioned, the ride-or-die picks for every single game. I've been doing shockingly well all season long, so we'll find out if that continues right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I'm Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, how are you doing? As we talked before the show, Pete, eight weeks away from joining the, the tribe of fatherhood. Yeah, it's, it's blowing my mind. Uh, we're finally getting a little bit settled in our house, so uh, that feels good. I wish we had like six more months uh, to prepare and get ready, but that's not how things work. So yeah, getting down to the nitty gritty. I can't complain though. I see Nick in the chat talking about Hurricane Ian canceling his classes. I was doing like my usual before bed scroll through TikTok, and it was instead of girls in yoga pants like doing dances was a bunch of hurricane content it was like extremely sobering to see how bad it is right there so if any of you guys are in florida i hope you guys are are staying safe right now yeah i think we have to say the important part first uh honestly horrifying video from that stuff i saw the one reporter getting blown down the street as he was trying to like saunter himself in front of the camera but yeah hooters uh, flying away in palm beach i saw on tiktok as well so uh, it seems like tough times out there hopefully all of you guys are safe and sound and of course i do want to make the the conversation point pete i do love that nick's in college watching this show like i know sometimes i feel like we only talk to like guys that are our age or a little bit younger but bolick nick we do have some young blood in the audience and i'm just hoping that telling all their college friends going into class and handing out pamphlets about either splash play your shows whatever they want to do that we need to get that viral marketing going <laughs> you want to go you want to maybe we dip into our marketing budget for leaflets that we send to all of our college age uh kids <laughs> yeah, nothing says young and youthful like leaflets <laughs> so we handed out Wait, I dude, I the last time I ever like did something like that was when I first started doing improv and you know, you're always trying to get people to your shows. It's the same thing with like New York stand-up culture, right? Yeah. Where it's like a bringer show, you got to get 5 or 10 or like let's go down to the local colleges and we'll like convince them to like so you're passing out pamphlets. It's like these kids want to go fucking get hammered and uh and hook up with each other. They don't want to come watch shitty 101 level improv. So sometimes you just got to fall on the fall on the sword for the sake of marketing. Back in my brief stand-up days, the only times I did bringer shows, I asked friends to come, which is like the the well that taps out pretty fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but it's also like it's fun initially, but then, you know, you realize like, oh, wait, I'm doing the stand-up bit that's like, you know, you turned up to 11 ideally is what you're trying to do on a stage. And uh, yeah, bringer shows are tough, but we appreciate all the college kids hanging out and all, everybody else as well. We got a lot of GMs. We got our boy Willis in the chat as well, ready to do some accounting. Uh, but we got one news item to hit up top, Pete, a sad one that I know you were covering in the Fantasy Life newsletter too. Uh, goes out yesterday. Yesterday, does head and back injuries is what uh, was said during a live broadcast. He did end up being well enough to leave the hospital, 
in Cincinnati and then go home, but still looks bad for Tua. Also looks bad following up last week where there were some questions about him coming back into the game. He then said it wasn't a head injury last week. It was actually a back injury and the back injury flares up this week. Uh, do you have any sort of uh, thoughts on this? I guess I've seen people calling for Mike McDaniel to be fired. I'm not sure I feel that way necessarily, but it feels like this is just what football is to me. And it's sort of, uh, you kind of have to cover your eyes or cover your ears for the gross parts. But like these guys are gladiators, modern day gladiators in a lot of the way. And it bums me out that two is not get a chance to kind of rise to the tide of what he's been doing after being so kind of reviled this first few years in the, in the league. But I feel like overall, like this is a bummer, but like, if you like football, this is what fucking football is. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of agree with your general take based on how things are right now. Although I think to me, like the issue necessarily isn't what the Dolphins specifically did, but just that the entire NFL's concussion protocol enables this kind of fast and loose behavior with these kind of hits. Like clearly, how many times have we seen how easy it is for these guys to get checked through that? I mean, there's been so many instances already, even this season where it's like, oh, this guy's clearly out for the game. And then he's back next quarter. So to me, it's more like a top-down thing of the NFL's concussion protocol just needs to be seriously reevaluated. And maybe we just need to err on the side of even being more conservative, that if it's even ambiguous whatsoever, like you need to sit out a game or you can't come back into the game. So I don't necessarily blame the Dolphins. I, I, I think they probably did follow the letter of the law and probably aren't going to get in trouble for it. But to me, then that's an issue with the rules themselves. And so I think it's just unfortunate all around. I do agree with you that this is part of it. And this is a dynamic. It's kind of playing out right now with the Patriots. Like, I don't know if you saw that stuff where there was the uh, report that there were differences of opinion between Mac Jones's camp and the Patriots as far as what his timeline was. And this push-pull between, you know, teams and players and the incentives not be, being quite fully aligned at times is, is just a dynamic that happens. Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater did play pretty capably, actually slug a pretty good deep ball in that game last night. So maybe a change in philosophy from what he's been as Teddy checked down in the last uh, few stops he's had for himself. But I guess overall, Pete, do you think Tua gets back in this year? It feels like it's tough to ask that, but I feel like him leaving the medical facility after one day, like means maybe it's like some swelling on the spine or whatever. Like, I think it's possible he gets back out there. I certainly want to pin my hopes in, but I think Teddy Bridgewater, based on how this offense has run, the pass grade above expectation, I'm sure you guys have seen by now, they've been leading the league in that. I will see if that holds up through this week. But I feel like overall, like you could play Teddy, but I, I think Tua comes back at some point, uh, probably by like, I would guess like week 13. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not a doctor. I don't know how this stuff is going to unfold. Cl clearly, I, I like to pretend I am. The Dolphins... I mean, they are, I mean, they're going to be under the spotlight with this whole thing. So you have to assume they err on the side of caution here as far as, you know, Tua. So who knows? I, I would expect him. I guess he has, what, 10 days rest? I, I literally don't know. I have, I have no clue. It seems to me that he should rest up for a bit, but who knows? Yeah, I think there'll be some time out, but we'll see how that goes. Christian McCaffrey will attempt to play against Arizona after a quad injury. And Pete, I know you make fun of this, the take that I've had about him and how uh, his girlfriend, Olivia Culpo, has made him into a wannabe Instagram influencer. He's certainly posing for GQ in ways that I would say in the past, Deadspin would have put up a blog post back when they were a credible site, uh, would have put up a blog post making fun of him. Everybody would have been teeing off. And it's said for some reason, we just go like, yeah, it's just as athletes being athletes now. Another injury from McCaffrey, though, Pete, and I, I know it's a Boomer take. I know you are right about that. That said, I feel like we have seen the best of Christian McCaffrey, and I don't think it's going to ever be the same again. 
Yes, uh, I, I I actually agree with that premise. I just don't think it's because he did a few photo shoots in a magazine. Well, it's, not the <laughs> photo shoot. it's the whole thing. It's like the posing on Instagram. It's the COVID prom. It's the dressing like he was at a fucking character from Greece for a while there because he wanted to do a themed photo shoot. It's like it's bad signs for a football player when they're that no. that taken over by the social Stop. media. If you power rank the issues with Christian McCaffrey's fantasy value, it's Matt Rule followed by Baker Mayfield followed by them not uh, tossing him the ball as much as they used to. And then you go like a hundred levels down and it is him having a smoking hot girlfriend who sometimes distracts him. Okay. <laughs> I, I think it's Olivia Culpo, Christian McCaffrey's no. own desire to be a, a beautiful man doing content. I think then it's probably Matt rule. Did you see the one clip from Dan Orlovsky of Matt rule where they're basically telling if it's a pass or a run play every single time Christian McCaffrey's yeah. on the field. <laughs> like it's, which it's is pretty insane. Bad. The whole point of it was like when the Patriots did it, you know, they used to have like Damon Harris, it's going to be a run, James White, it's a pass, and they telegraph it. The whole point of having Christian McCaffrey is that he can do both. <laughs> like it shouldn't be tipped off that he's going to be running the ball, and then they're treating him like Derrick Henry, 25 carries right up the middle. I will say uh, he was trending toward being out. There was lots of rumors and kind of smoke around him in this quad injury potentially being more serious, uh, but he was present at today's practice. I believe he was participating at the start of practice with uh, um, the red jersey uh, off, um, which meant he wasn't even, you know, getting the, the no touch treatment. So back to back missed sessions, but then back today, um, seems like he might be able to suit up after uh, that scare earlier in the week. Yeah, apparently he's going to try to give it a go against Arizona, so we'll see what happens there. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery also expected out versus Seattle and the Giants, respectively. And Pete, I have to ask you, because this is the drum we were beating from basically all offseason. You've been beating for several years. I certainly got red-pilled as hard as anybody out there, but uh, it feels like a couple weeks in, and I know we can't talk about the FBI redacted thing with you, Pete, but I feel like zero RB guys have to feel better than ever. I know we've talked a lot about Khalil Herbert all offseason, him being a guy that if he had a timeshare would be in a good situation if Dave Montgomery would out be in a better one Jamal Williams has also looked pretty live with DeAndre Swift in games now it's likely Swift's going to miss at least a few with his shoulder issues and general kind of injury accumulation for him I think this is the year Pete that it happens I know the leaderboard right now in underdog does seem like it's zero RB teams on top and I feel like everything has gone about as poorly as possible for the running back pigs out there yeah, I mean, there was a stat I saw from uh, at Guru Fantasy World on Twitter. Only four running backs are averaging 17.5 points per game through three weeks. Meanwhile, 14 different wide receivers are averaging 17.5 points per game. Zero RB is alive as ever. Uh, it always has been. People just wanted to put their heads in the sand with it. I do. I have felt it. Like, I do really think next year drafts are going to be miserable. It is going to be miserable. I My take, I was because I was writing a something for the newsletter that's going to come out tomorrow. And I, I said, I wouldn't be surprised if three quarters of the first round are pass catchers next year. Like you get three to four running backs and, you know, eight to nine um, pass catchers. So I think it's, I think the title change is coming and we are going to have to adapt because everyone's catching up. Have you gotten in on the best ball resurrection at all? I know people should be playing over there using the promo code splash. If you feel like if you were drafting a lot of running backs, it might be a good time to uh, hop in there. I think it's hundred K up top for that one. So again, double your deposit up to 100 bucks. Use the promo code splash and underdog and do that one. But have you seen like the, I saw the tweet about it. I haven't been doing any drafts. The ADPs for Olave are soaring. Garrett Wilson is soaring. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 15 player. Now um, it does seem like it's already adapting to what you're talking about. And, I don't know that that's actually correct, but I'm kind of happy to see it. 
Yeah, I uh, I actually haven't got to do uh, many resurrections. I think I only did one when it first opened up. I need to hop into it. I was listening to uh, Justin Hertzik was on with. Uh, there's a really good new YouTube channel. It's called The Badge Bros. Uh, right. John Warner, uh, Numi, and Nez, who all are uh, sharks in the kind of underdog uh, DFS games. And Hertzik came on and said he hadn't been playing quite as much of the battle royales because he thought the biggest edge right now was in the best ball resurrections um, relative to it just, it kind of makes sense, right? In that if you have 18 rounds, there's more chances for your opponents to make mistakes than if you have six rounds in a battle Royale. So that definitely got me uh, intrigued. I know the quarterbacks are going really high as well, which makes sense just because we've seen such a, a chasm between those elite top end quarterbacks and then, you know, the mid tier. So I need to hop in there. We still have a couple more weeks until this is going to lock. It starts week six. So um, maybe this last week, maybe I know we have our show. Maybe, maybe we could squeeze in a, a one-off show spags to do a best ball resurrection draft, get back to our, our best ball drafting roots. Speaking of my soul here, cause I was doing one a couple weeks ago and it just fucking took forever to fill it on the stream. Cause it was like week two. <laughs> so I think people are probably a little more in the streets for it now, but I'd be up to do that. I think it's honestly pretty interesting. And Brandon asked an interesting question as well. Isn't there going to be a point where it flips back the other way? That was my thesis. Again, combining sort of the football knowledge, the contracts that were being given out, what we've seen in the last few years with last year in particular, Jonathan Taylor being the lowest scoring fan running back ever to be an RB1. I think this is just what running backs are going to be. Obviously, the injury luck is a little bit uh, more negative, but that's sort of the thesis anyway, is that running backs are getting a lot of touches, getting also the hardest touches, the uh, most body wear touches as well. So I think it's something to me where I think this is just the world moving forward, Pete, and I think you're going to see a lot more flattened out backfields. We've already seen the committee thing be huge, but it's also just like, you know, for me, the logic was always that you remember every week people just being like, oh, this chalk running back is so great, and then they get vultured by the guy behind them, and that's just what happens. That's sort of what running backs do. Like, I think this is just the world moving forward. So if you were going to chase it flipping back, unless the ADPs really meaningfully change, I don't know why you would load up on running backs. Maybe you just get nice values on one or two. Well, yeah, because I think we actually already started to see the shift this year, and it's obviously going to be more pronounced next year, where in previous years, players like Brees Hall, even J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, guys that we were making, quote-unquote, dead zone exceptions for that used to not even exist. Those guys would have all been round three picks. And because of everyone pushing up those wide receivers, you got those guys at a slightly more palatable price and allowed you to do more quasi anchor builds from the mid range, as opposed to true zero RB. I think that factor is even exasperated more next year where think about this early running or wide receiver rookie wide receiver production i mean think about the influx of rookies coming in next year and sure they all have different profiles and there's still lots of football to be played but the market in general is going to feel extremely confident about aggressively drafting these rookie wide receivers so i wouldn't be surprised to see you know multiple rookies go in the fourth, fifth round, just knowing like, Hey, what if I get this Drake London? You know, what if I get this Garrett Wilson? And maybe that pushes down some really interesting running backs into, you know, the fourth, fifth round again. So I do agree with that thought. Like it is a push and pull, but the macro like massive structural edge of just getting as many elite wide receivers in rounds one through four, like that secret's out of the bag. And I don't think we can ever put that toothpaste back in the tube.
Yeah, I know USC alone has a couple wide receivers and, you know, USC and Ohio State really just churning out these stud receivers in the NFL. I think it's gonna be the case this year. Jordan Addison, I've talked about a lot. Williams as well is also pretty good. Uh, we got a pretty good core. So I honestly, I'm with you on that. I think the rookie wide receiver is going to get sexier and sexier. Running back's going to get less and less appealing. And uh, at a certain point, it'll probably be value wise. You want to kind of flatten that out. But uh, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Last injury item, which GA was asking about in the chat. Jameis Winston was surprised absence for practice. Andy Dalton potentially in line to start in London versus Minnesota. Michael Thomas also out for the Saints. Uh, Pete feels kind of like a bad run for the Saints here. Jameis's injury, though, like not a surprise. He was having back issues and they have to fly to Europe, uh, which seems like a bad thing for a, a guy with back issues. But this game is a showdown one in London, so it probably doesn't matter that much. But do you have any thoughts on the, the Saints and the Jameis situation? Yeah, no Michael Thomas. Jameis downgraded to doubtful. We're going to get an Andy Dalton game. This one seems this one seems pretty gross. I'm not necessarily uh, you know licking my chops to uh, to get up early to uh, to sweat this one. Uh, so yeah, and I do think, I mean, if you think about how Chris Olave, who has been really kind of the lone bright spot on that offense, was getting used super deep down the field. If you take Jameis out and you put Andy Dalton in, I mean, to me, this feels like it swings back in favor of Kamara checkdowns and Jarvis Landry. Mm -hmm over the middle. Um, it's hard to imagine Dalton being able to support Olave with a bunch of prayer yards. Yeah, I think there'll still be, you know, some deep attempts just to keep him honest, I'm sure, for Olave. But I would say overall, I'm with you on that one. I think this is probably the week if you are in a redraft league, a season-long league, it's probably a good week to play Alvin Kamara and try to actually cash in on the, the draft capital that might not pay off otherwise. Any other injuries for you, Pete, that you're watching before we get into our pop quiz for the week? Um... Other injuries I'm watching, you know, I was just talking in the Discord because I was looking at um, the projected ownership for that Ravens-Bills game, and uh, Gabe Davis is one I want to keep tabs on. He's been mispracticed, has been questionable, and I think he's a guy that I think is going to play, but no one is going to play him in DFS just because of that Q tag, and he's pretty expensive. So that's one I'm monitoring just because that looks like such an awesome fantasy game. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's certainly one. Uh, two high-scoring teams, two teams that, according to DVOA, uh, are going to be certainly highly ranked as well. I saw that. Uh, appreciated that, by the way, from JM to win in the Fantasy Life newsletter, a little Football Outsiders DVOA reference, which, uh, Pete, do you think that JM to win goes to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe and, and joins the pack, joins the community of football lovers over there? Uh, you know what, Spags, it's, you know, you're shouting out JM to win there. I, I mean, I've, I've referenced uh, DVOA a few times on Sirius XM. I'm still waiting for my, uh, residual checks, influencer checks to, to come well, in. I think, well, you're getting to get now. I think <laughs> it took a uh, while. There. Pete's back in the good, in the football outsiders, good graces. We are back in football outsiders, good graces. Go check it out. And again, I really would recommend reading Derek Klassen's all 32 column that comes out today. Uh, he goes game by game, uses game film, combines it with sort of the football analytics, combines it with the fantasy and betting implications. And that's really been one of my favorite columns that actually has unearthed some low-owned plays that I should listen to more. Uh, so go check that one out. That's the premium column behind the paywall, but lots of great data as well at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. And of course, Pete, we wouldn't be doing a, a YouTube show if we didn't have a random trade question from this guy. So we'll do that before we hit the pop quiz. He has two trade questions. His wide receiver one right now is DJ Moore. Oof. He got offered AJ Brown and James Conner, and he'd give up Swift, Jamal Williams, and D-Hop. Also got offered Michael Pittman for ATN. I would trade all those running backs for all those wide receivers. Um, I got offered AJ Brown and James Conner. I'd give up Swift, Jamal Williams, and D Hop. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it sucks to give up Swift, Jamal specifically, because you're going to get two pretty yeah. sick RB one weeks from him right now. I'm a little spooked on Conner, but AJ Brown, man, 
That's a good offer. Uh, you're yeah. If your wide receiver one right now is DJ Moore, you need to you need to get AJ Brown. Yeah, do that yeah. and got Pittman for ETN. I'd also I'd also do that. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Spags. Get the wide receivers. There was also somebody who tweeted me this week asking a, like a dynasty question, like, oh, would you trade? Uh, I forget who it was. It was like some stud. Oh, it was a Garrett Wilson for like. Um, I think for Cam Akers. And I was like, I would never trade a stud wide receiver for a, like a running back. That's got already some miles, some tread, you know, has worn off of Cam Akers as injuries. I don't know if you share that philosophy, Pete, but that's one question that I feel like does come up a lot that I see on the internet. And I like in a dynasty league at this point, again, the same stuff we've talked about with basketball, same stuff we just talked about a few minutes ago. Like don't give up your wide receivers that are going to be good for five years to 10 years for a running back that might be not even playing this week. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And it, it does go to show one, this actually dovetails back with the conversation about the field getting sharper and wide receivers going earlier is one trend you will actually see. And, and Pat Corain and I made this mistake multiple times. We we were doing zero RB when we first started playing the main event in, in 2017, but we did not execute it properly. We would get spooked and stop drafting wide receivers at some point and then draft bad running backs. And the whole thing about zero RB to work, you need to punish and crush your opponents in the flex through the bye weeks when injuries hit. And so to your point, I think a lot of people get spooked at this time of the season. They're like, yeah, my wide receivers are great, but my running backs suck. And I'm having to start, you know, Justice Hill and, uh, and Rashad Penny each week. And it's like, stay patient. These opportunities are going to open up on the waiver wire. You are going to really start delivering people losses once they're, you know, weakened during those bye weeks. So yeah, I agree with you. Stay the course on that. I'm I'm papering through a lot of my running back two slots and it never it never panics me because I just know that uh that the advantage is coming here soon. And Ivan raising a good point, Pete. He hasn't heard the splash play pump on Sirius yet. I know as Sirius, I'm sure the fans there would love me as a former veteran of the Osmo radio show that was on there. A veteran, of course, of Barstool, where I created a lot of magic on the Sirius XM channel, Pete. So you just want to throw it out there. Maybe get a little splash play plug out there, too. Well, here's the thing. I can, um, I guarantee none of you are listening to all 10 <laughs> hours of my Sirius. So I can just say that I did uh, uh, pump up splash play and none of you guys can fact check me on it. I've been loyal enough to the cause that he might actually be listening to all 10 hours in the background. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, the, I, I, it's a really good show, but if someone is listening to me 10 hours a day and watching all these other shows, like, I mean, then, then I think we need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's time for a pop quiz guys. Cause I finally got my data sheet. If you're watching last week's solo streams, those will be back uh, this week coming up here. I just couldn't do it this week. Cause honestly, I felt like shit all week, uh, but we are going to do some pop quiz here on the data that I finally have pulled in lots of good stuff from sports info solutions, as well as PFF football outsiders, all the great sites out there that I'm lucky enough to have free access to, I guess. Uh, so let's do the first question, Pete, this research. And also I have to point out the, the thumbnail in this, one like very ominous looking like are these guys anonymous i don't know what's going on with the photo i chose but it was nine in the morning pete and i had to get it done yeah this is i'm, I'm like terrified right now it's like am i gonna get whacked if i get this wrong <laughs> <laughs> well this resurgent running back pete leads the league in percent of his team's total yardage uh we did shit on some running backs before do you have a, a running back that comes to mind for this one um the resurgent running back leads the league in percentage of his team's total yard. I mean, it has to be Barkley. 
Well, Pete, good news. You are one for one. It is, in fact, Saquon Barkley here. 41% of his team's total yards is, in fact, resurgent despite the one bad game that might spook some people off. And uh, Saquon, not a guy that I have a ton of, but certainly has been looking good so far. Uh, question number two coming up on the screen here. Again, back to the ominous hooded figure. This rookie running back leads the league in broken tackle rate. And I have to point out, just to give you a little bit of an extra clue, very small sample size ball, but Big enough where it's actually kind of impressive. I was going to ask, what's the min amount of carries on this? Um, this particular running back, I think, is at 3.5 per game and has played in a, a couple of games. Okay. Um, yeah, because – and I'm, I, I blocked off the chat. I'm not letting the chat try to spoil uh, their guesses for me. This rookie leads the league. You know who I, I think it – I really want to say only three and a half carries. I mean – I don't think it's Damian Pierce. He's had too many touches. I'm going to say Brees Hall, but I feel like you tricked me on this one. It is, in fact, not Brees Hall. It's Kenneth Walker the third. He's actually got a hundred percent broken tackle rate because he's got a couple of broken tackles, probably on the same play. But yeah, he's been getting one relatively on every single play. People thought this was a Tyler Algier setup. No, though Tyler Algier, of course, I'm sure could break tackles whenever he pleases. Yeah, my so my next guess was going to be James Cook, and then my third guess would have been Ken Walker, but I was a I was a ways away from getting that one right. Walker, I have to say, relative to how they're using him, and certainly not a lot of snaps so far. Rashad Penny heavily factoring in, Travis Homer factoring in, even DJ Dallas factoring in. But when he's on the field, they're giving him the ball, and when he's getting the ball, he's doing something with it. So the kind of player that you know, probably a good zero RB guy, probably a guy to target in best ball resurrection. Uh, use the promo code Splash again, double your deposit. But overall, I would say Kenneth Walker looking pretty good in his limited sample size so far. Question number three, back to our shrouded, mysterious figure. The star QB has somehow been better versus pressure with a touchdown of twenty percent of his pressure dropbacks i mean this has to be one of the offenses going scorched earth right now i feel like it basically has to be allen hurts um i don't know who else it would be other lamar? than those two i'll say Jalen uh, or, or or lamar that's a good one it's either lamar or hurts um but you saying lamar i don't think you would spoil it i think it's hurts. <laughs> no i wouldn't so that you eliminate lamar <laughs> Jalen hurts is my guess Okay, it, it, you actually did say the guy's name. It is actually one Josh Allen. Ah, uh, he's got okay. 20% of a touchdown and 20% of his pressure dropbacks. An 80% catchable ball rate on pressure. Like The improvements that Josh Allen has made since he came into the league and was just this reckless deep ball thrower who would like, smash the dudes running the ball. Like I know, you know, obviously everybody, the media out there, you can go turn on ESPN, they'll, they'll blow Josh Allen a little bit here and there. But for us, we, like... The numbers are outstanding for him in a way that, like, I did not even expect this as one of the earliest Josh Allen truthers out there. It no, it is it is really funny. I mean, there were um, incredibly smart people that thought it was the worst draft pick of all time. Then after that first season, everyone doubled down on him being the worst draft pick of all time. He was a meme. Do you remember that uh, the one where he tried to do the lateral while getting tackled in that wild card game? Mm -hmm. I think it was against the Colts. Uh, yeah, it is insane how quickly things turned around for him and that he's part of the reason, again, not that every, you know, toolsy quarterback who struggles early is Josh Allen, but that's why all the panic on Jalen hurts a couple years ago, all the panic on Trey Lance this year is just so dumb. Like, yeah, maybe it just takes some of these guys a little bit of time to grow into their skill set. 
especially playing against lesser competition in college. The speed of the game goes up. You have to be able to call more complex plays. Like in college, Josh Allen could just probably run bootlegs time and time again and throw the ball here and there. Um, also, this one's this chat reminded me of something <laughs> amusing. Calling Carson Wentz, like TikTok nine to five. I was way off. Uh, Carson Wentz has been quietly like he had that first good week. He has been quietly god awful and like. I think we're going to see Sam Howell at some point this year. <laughs> TikTok, 9 to 5. This is the part. Spags gives you clues because Spags can't help but overwrite these prompts. So when he puts in star QB, you know it's not Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, I try to give a little help, too, more than anything. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. But you got to read between before, the lines. Last one before we get to ride or die picks. This old has the same amount of red zone targets as Cooper Cup, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews. Wow, all caps on the old. So like here. pretty old, pretty dusty. Yeah. Wow. It's so hard for me to think of the olds that are crushing it right now. The same amount of red. You know what I'll say? I feel like the Jags offense has had lots of red zone. Is it is it Marvin Jones? So it is not Marvin Jones. It is actually uh actually Lunchable Connoisseur is very Zach agreed. Zachary. Ah. Yeah, okay. he's been getting uh, two red zone targets per game, shockingly involved. For some reason, a very grainy photo of him, but it makes sense because he's an older guy. Um, yeah, Zach Ertz really involved in this offense, and I still think the Cardinals, I know we saw Marquise Brown finally get off the schneid last week. This offense is going to have good weeks. I, uh, Kingsbury, I think, maybe it might be better off getting fired at some point. But, like, the he Cardinals are going to have explosive fantasy weeks, and, like, those Brown-Ertz double stacks, like, they're going to get there at some point, Pete, so I just had to throw this in. Uh, I think you mean the Brown Rondell Moore double stacks are going to get there this week. Well, is, is Rondell Moore back? He's been practicing. Oh, that's exciting. That's very important for 3,800 on DraftKings.com. Um, so Pete, I know we can't talk about best ball, but I have to say after last night, 25 of my teams would be advancing right now. Spags go to jail. <laughs> I'm, I'm willing to go to jail for that one. Um, Guys, yeah, is it, isn't that like a slightly, like barely above uh, average advance rate? Not that that's bad, but why are you victory laughing? It's 16% advance rate. So yeah, I mean, it is, but like, but <laughs> it's, <you're> like <laughs> it's exactly what it should be expected. If you draft your RB teams, they have a lower advance rate, but they're better at the end. Except zero RB as we just established is crushing this year. Shut up, Pete. <laughs> You have like 40% Khalil Herbert. And he, well, it's going to be a great run coming up the next few weeks. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, let's get to the ride or die picks. We got uh, anything else you want to hit on, Pete, before we get into the ride or die picks? Actually, we should catch people up on where we are with our, our scores. I think Willis actually did update everything again. So let me make sure where we're. Yeah, how did it. last week go? Oh, yeah, you did win. Fuck, you did win last week. How did I, I do, I feel good about my picks last week. I'll share the screen for this one as well. Chrome tab, ride or die, so you guys can see how the sausage is made here. Pete, so far in the year, six uh, wins, <laughs> 35 losses. We're going, this looks so bad on the screen, but, like, if you're new to this show, like, we're not idiots. We're just doing really outlandish takes. So that's why the thumbnail says hot takes on it. I have nine and 32, uh, so I'm up 23 points overall. Uh, last week, Pete, you had, what did you have right? Um... So you had, these are your picks. You had uh Mac Holland scores than 13 points. Yes. Derrick Henry. Yes. I so, should have had outscores Derrick Henry by 15 points or whatever. <laughs> so that was one where I was like, what if he's like outscores Derrick Henry by 14? Would I be able to say that's wrong by the letter of the law? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did I get? Uh, Ravens, the Ravens win by, win eight, by plus. eight plus. You got Carson uh, Wentz getting outscored by the Eagles defense. You got the game total under 40 for Rams Cardinals. And then I got 
Honestly, still three right for me is not wow. that bad. Herbert outscores Dave. I, man, that was a you you got sucked out on that one. <laughs> Christian Kirk outscoring all Chargers non QBs. Game total under thirty two point five for that that absolutely abysmal Packers Bucks game. Wow. And Chris Olave just let me down. If he'd gotten one more yard and a touchdown, we would have been there. Wow. Um, yeah, Willis says last week might have been the best week combined from you uh, guys. I do also want to point out if we're doing a little ride or die history, Spags used to do the most dinky little layup picks, all one and three pointers because he's like, I want to give good picks. Like, I don't want people to think we're idiots. And now you're like, we're idiots. Hot takes. You fully capitulated. I've learned the is in fact just to be idiots and really embrace that. This is the smart idiot, I think is what we're trying to go for here. But we honestly are, this is like overall, I think our best starts ride or die picks too, where we're Every week hitting at least one 10 pointer, which I feel like, you know, the game theory is strong for us. Like, I think we've really evolved and grown as a show. Uh, I, I, yeah, um, I, <laughs> we've definitely kept comment. doing the show. Uh, I don't know about grown and evolved. <laughs> Well, grown like emotionally, not in terms of analytics, Pete. It's analytics, analytics, who cares? First game on the board, we got not Miami. We got, well, I guess we got to do the London game. Minnesota, 22.5 implied points. Nolens, 19.5 implied points. Uh, Pete, I will let you go first. And of course, if you can, set the table for ride or die picks as well. Because a couple of weeks ago, somebody left a comment like, hey, you should make a graphic explaining this. And I was like, that is a great idea. And I just didn't, never did it. Yeah, that is uh we I have I I used to do the explainer at the top of each show, which is uh I also I, I once had I had a moment the other day, Spags, where I realized on all of my shows on my streams, and again, like it's on my YouTube channel, but I just think of like professional hosts. They always say, like, I'm your host, blah, 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 my name. I never even fucking say my name on show. I I I had I think of the other night, I was like, I just realized I never even say like who the fuck I am on my shows. Anyways, uh ride or die, we go through and you can basically pick any kind of bet it could be fantasy related it could be sports betting players outscoring their teammates basically anything within the realm of reality that can be measured and then spags and i decide whether that's worth a one pointer which is like a 50 50 kind of bet a three pointer which i would say has more of like a 33 percent chance one third chance of hitting and then the 10 pointer which i say is like a sub 10 percent chance of happening all of the haggling occurs because we will not split the difference. There's no six pointers. There's no eight pointers. It's either one, three, or 10. It is a game of negotiation and skill. And that is ride or die. And the skill fully on display last week from both of us. So let's bring it again today. Pete, what do you want in this game with Minnesota and New Orleans? It's London. You'll have Andy Dalton, no Mike Thomas. Uh, what do you want in this game? Well, I think maybe I kind of want to treat this like we would the Sunday night football because it is an oh, island game. Captain. Yeah, maybe go showdown captain. So I'm going to take the the narrative that with Andy Dalton, he's going to be checking down for his life. And, you know, Alvin Kamara has like eight catches. And I'll, I'll say he is the optimal captain. Okay, I will go a uh, guy that's been a fucking disappointment the last few weeks, but had a great week one. This week is the week that he gets back on track, though. I don't know if there's anything data-wise to actually support this, but I think Justin Jefferson showdown winning captain feels about right to me after. I, are you concerned at all about him after two down weeks where it does seem like teams are just selling out to stop in and nothing else on the Minnesota Vikings offense? No, I'm not worried. Okay. Okay, I'm not either, but I, one more dud week here, and I would start to feel a little bit not great. But ultimately, the ceiling is what you're looking for there. But I really thought he was going to be Cooper Cup this year. Uh, first game on the main slate, we got Washington, 19.3 implied points. Dallas, 22.3 implied points. CeeDee Lamb back off the schneid last week. And I'll let you go first again here, Pete. 
Yeah, uh, this is a game I'm I'm not excited about. This feels like a game that Red Zone ends up showing like once over the course of four hours. Um, let's see here. I will say I'll do I'll do a three pointer, cheeky three pointer. I'll say Antonio Gibson outscores C D Lamb. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that's a three pointer. That sounds about right to me. Um, so Washington really bad when they're not getting pressure, giving up 7.8 air yards per attempt, 8.8 yards per pass, a uh, high touchdown rate as well, just under 8%. So I think this is another CD lamb game. I'll say CD lamb, 150 yards and a touchdown. Is that a, is that a 10 pointer? 150 yards and a touchdown. No, uh, 175 do, do fantasy points. If say if he clears 30 DK points, I'll give you 10 points. Uh all right. I'll say CD Lamb clears 30 DK points. I, all right. I gotta remember that you that's something you're always more more flexible with overall. Yes, you should. You need to <laughs> understand my negotiation style. I also forgot to upload the the stochastic projections in my sheet. So I can you know, I need to do that to give myself a little bit of an advantage and also something to reference when we have to argue about these things. Uh, I should have gone back to the well. I like Willis's suggestion. Last week I hit on Eagles defense outscoring. Um, I kind of like that, Willis. Cowboys defense outscores Carson Wentz. Cowboys defense weirdly keeps stringing together some quality games, but we'll see. I mean, honestly, if they're going to do it again, probably is the week against Carson Wentz. Next game up, we got Buffalo, 27 implied points. Baltimore, three-point dog at home. A lot of respect for Buffalo overall, though, with what we talked about with Josh Allen avoiding pressure, probably does make sense. Um in this game, Pete, boy, Buffalo's defense is so good. Like, I really don't have a lot of faith in much. Um, I will say that this is the week Rashad Bateman gets going. Um, over 20 DK points. Is that a 10-pointer? And I will point out his Ospo projection, 10.5. So um, I am going to push back on this because I was going to do a bullish Rashad Bateman one. And what I was going to do, and I'm going to propose that you do what I was going to propose for yours, in okay. that it's Rashad Bateman outscores Mark Andrews by five points. That was going to be my 10-pointer. So that's a swing, it looks like, according to the stochastic projections, of 14 points. Yes. It's a little lofty. Okay. I I'm mean, not giving you... Gonna, if that's actually what you were going to do, I will take you at your word. I was 100% going to do that. I was going to... What I was going to do was ask you how many points he has to outscore Andrews by, and I was imagining we were going to settle around five. <laughs> okay, fine. Because I, I really... It, it is one of those things where obviously Andrews projects better than Rashad Bateman, but the way Rashad Bateman is used deep down the field and with his speed, like it's such a binary thing, you know, like he's either going to like soar past Andrews, I think, or just get crushed like he's been every week. Um, I will say that, uh, you know, a sub 5% owned Gabe Davis on the injury poor all week absolutely goes off here and ends up in the winning Millie maker lineup. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's running a lot of snaps, which is something you can't say for Bateman. Uh, Bateman running a lot less snaps than uh, Andrews every week overall so far. Uh, but I think Gabe Davis, uh, he's got to do it at some point, you would think. Uh, with how can, I, can I get a backup if for some reason he doesn't play? If for some reason he doesn't play, I will say Isaiah McKenzie is in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay. That, that's Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, next game up, we got Seattle, 23 implied points. Detroit, 26 implied points. Not feeling any sort of loss from DeAndre Swift. Uh, Pete, you can go first in this one. I'm curious to see where you go. All right. Um, this one is going to... I feel like this one's just going to get burned, but I'm just going to double and triple down on this for now. I want to bet against Jamal 
Williams. He's going to be the chalk play of the week, and it's so tempting, but he was getting so much red zone work even before Swift went out that, like, that's a scary proposition. So I'm looking at projections. Um, Will you give me Rashad Penny outscores Jamal Williams by five for 10 points? Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I've, right. I'm seeing on Stochastic Penny 11.2, uh, Jamal Williams 21.1. Yeah. Oof. Uh, I probably even gave up too much there, but I'll stick with it. God, it is going to be hard to fade Jamal Williams, but uh, we'll see. I actually, I'll go the other way. Jamal Williams puts up, uh, is 30 fantasy points enough for a 10 pointer? Um, 32. <laughs> 31. 31 and a half. <laughs> Fine. There, Jamal Williams scores 31 and a half points. Is this the week, Pete, based on what we saw last week? Like play Craig Reynolds or some shit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Craig Reynolds sucks so much. Uh, no offense to all the Craig Reynolds stands out there, but like we saw last year and like his ceiling, even getting like the full workload was like nine points. So it's, it's hard to get excited about Craig Reynolds. Oh, Nick saying uh, Penny and Amon Ross St. Brown, many scores than uh, scores more than last year. would be a great one for that game. It's an interesting one. I don't know that we want to make Willis look back. <laughs> it's historical box scores, but uh, also a fair bet to make. Yeah, um, I, yeah. Anyways, yeah. I was just, I'm a little worried about Amon Ra injury. I want to hear uh, more yeah. about um, how he's trending up, but yeah, that would be very fun. Yeah, Monra did miss a practice on Thursday, too, so see if he gets in there today. If he misses today, probably a little bit of cause for concern. Jets, 19 implied points. Pittsburgh, 22.5 implied points. Please start Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh is what I would ask. But Pete, I'll let you go first again. Yeah, God, Kenny Pickett is not getting started. Um, I want – so I want to do something around this whole narrative that Elijah Moore is going to – finally produce better than Garrett Wilson because uh, because Zach Wilson prefers him, which I think is just such a silly narrative. Can I get a 10-pointer for what – what do you have for Garrett Wilson versus Elijah Moore projected points? Garrett Wilson, I'm seeing it. Uh, wow, only 9.9 .9 projection from Stochastic. Uh, I would have Wilson at 16, but Elijah Moore is at 9.2. So, uh, so very similar. Not, yeah. Not a All right. Trip. How, I'll take a 10-pointer. Garrett Wilson scores double the points of Elijah Moore. Man, I honestly, I don't get how stochastic landed on that projection just because, like, he's getting more... Garrett Wilson's getting more touches. He's getting targeted, like, f twice as much as Elijah Moore in terms of routes run. Like, uh, it Le does Leone, feel like that's a misprojection. Leone has it close to, but Garrett Wilson, the edge, 11.7 .7 base projection versus 10.3. So I still feel like doubling up his... Is yeah, good. I no, mean Elijah Moore's you. usage has been has been good. Yeah, I yeah, it's been well, it's been okay. It's definitely not as anywhere close to Garrett Wilson so far. But yeah, I'll give you the 10 pointer for that. Doubling up is always gonna feel like a 10 pointer to me. Um, I will say Mitch Trubisky throws three touchdowns this week. Is that a 10 pointer? No. What he sucks. Yeah, but that's I mean, the Jets uh defense also sucks. They've been giving up a ton of points. And you if you want to do a Mitch Trubisky over 27 DraftKings points. I'll give you. Oh God, that that would basically make him a million maker winning QB. Ah, oh, all right. Um, fine. Mitch Trubisky, million maker winning QB. Okay, there you go. <laughs> That's that felt like it in my bones, and I don't want to say that out loud, but it's a nice spot for him. I mean, if he if he throws three touchdowns at 5100, he probably will be. So I think you're still getting what you want. Yeah, that's fair. It's just the Jets uh, apparently worse when they're getting pressure, which is always something that's a bad sign. They, 
Um, this be will weird. be so bad though, Spags. If he if he's the winning Millie Maker captain, it means we're it's like the groundhog uh, thing where we're getting ten more weeks of Mitch Trubisky. Like it would be the worst imaginable thing. Well, especially because like if Pickett started, he probably would throw for four hundred yards because like he actually is willing to put. I, I don't know, man. I hate Trubisky so much. He has been this Pittsburgh offense is like the least exciting team to watch, but they're going to be doing it versus the Jets. Cleveland twenty four implied points. Atlanta twenty three implied points. Another competitive game potentially for the Falcons. I think I'm due to go first here how do they do against tight ends uh this is probably not a kyle pitts week huh um dvoa wise looks like a 14 percent decrease to tight end production from cleveland so kyle pitts prepare for five for 50 this week um i will go the nick chubb way instead uh nick chubb also in the millie maker winning lineup all right fine at 7900 that might be tough unless he fully goes off so sure i'll give that to you I also am pretty excited about this game. I'm seeing the current over under at 47 and a half. I'll take a 10 pointer that it goes uh, over 57 and a half over 10 points over the total. Uh, are we ready to, to, to anoint me as correct for Atlanta being a fun team and perhaps being a team that'll be very exciting who, come week 17? Whoever disagreed with Atlanta being a fun team? The world. The world was like, oh, Atlanta, everybody hurts Atlanta. When, when you want to take the most brutal L for just not mixing up your Geno Smith and Drew Locke exposures, then we can have other conversations. Oh, because, you know, Drew Locke is still going to be the guy in week 17. Geno, though, being like the top QB in terms of like, what, there's some fucking EPA plus CPOE or whatever, he's number one in the league. I don't know how that's possible. No, but Spags, I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day, honestly, in that you were directionally accurate with your take that there was value in the Seahawks quarterback room. You just got so stubborn with your bit where... (laughs) I, like in the same way, so early on in the offseason, I was drafting a ton of Ritter, and then I started to balance it out and get some more Mariota because I didn't want to just like die on the hill that Mariota couldn't play well for 17 weeks. But you you never sprinkled in Eddie Gito Smith. The brand would have been ruined. No, I I didn't believe in it. I didn't think he should start, but you're, you're right. And I, what were you thinking about this? Like, what were you thinking about me and Gino and Drew? No, because I saw some of those stats about Gino. And it also, well, it, I also had this other macro thought. I haven't fleshed it out, but about making sure you don't get, you know, pigeonholed into specific takes about just liking general off. Like I do think the, the jets were a good example in that people were really excited about Elijah Moore. I think rightfully so. But when you saw the gap in ADP to Garrett Wilson, like that should have just been, I like this jets offense, this passing game and these tools here. And I don't feel confident enough that Garrett Wilson is six rounds less of value than him. So I was just thinking of like, if you took your takes, and then tried to spread it across an offense, I think it would get you on some of those spots. Um, I don't know. I haven't fully fleshed it out, but that's what, that's what I was thinking through. It's fair. I just think, you know, like right now, like Metcalf's been okay. I think Lockett might have had one okay game. I think they have more reliable ceilings with Drew Lock, so that's sort of why it made sense to me where it's like, okay, the QB that does, you know, that runs also has an upside for himself, like he cre- and also throws the ball deep recklessly was a positive but yeah gino's been doing just enough i think to keep these guys viable um i still think drew starts at some point this year but we'll find out obviously as the season goes on chicago 18.3 implied points the giants 21.3 implied points the bears not ever willing to pass the ball at all pete is this the week for darnell mooney dude this this is a this is the other game that just looks so so gross to me um man is this the game for darnell mooney um, are they going to pass more than 15 times is really the question here. 
Have we gotten an update? I mean, David Montgomery hasn't practiced at all. No, he has not practiced. I I don't see any way. Like, people were saying they thought it was an MCL sprain. I mean, obviously, Twitter doctors can go either way. But, like, there was enough people saying that that I I don't know how he would possibly play this week. Yeah, uh, I don't either. I will say, can I get how many points if Barkley outscores? I, I want 10 points for Barkley outscoring Fields, Mooney, and Komet combined. God, that, that feels like not a big ask. <laughs> it feels like a three-pointer. <laughs> if you do, if you do the math on it, it's like legit a 10-point uh gap, which is normally what we do in projection. If you add those three up, I have like 31 total points for those guys in, in Saquon around 21. It does seem like stochastic also at about 31, but um, you know, the projections that I put together, which I did clean up and get ready to go, uh, just so I have a frame of reference, because it's like just looking at the last three games, basically not looking at a longer term and median like a, a stochastic would. I have these guys. I have Darnell Mooney projected for two. I have Cole Komet projected for 1.5. <laughs> so like, uh, obviously, stochastic one's going to be right more often than not. But boy, these guys have fucking done nothing. <laughs> uh, you know what? But uh, the math doesn't lie, and I'm locking in my bet. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, I will say... Uh, man, the bears, are they, uh, they're not that good, but they're not that bad. Khalil Herbert, uh, Khalil Herbert outscores Saquon by one. Um, I will allow you to have this if there's no David Montgomery contingency. Like if David Montgomery suits up, you're still locked into this bet. Yeah, that's fair. And it's worth pointing out, Stochastic still has Montgomery in, so maybe the, you know, they do pretty uh, closely track the injury news, so maybe he's trending towards playing. Uh, but I think either way, like maybe he plays, and then they're still splitting time. Like He can't give Montgomery the full workload, so I think Herbert can get there. Uh, Jaime in the chat, by the way, Gano outscores Mooney, feels very, like that should be a one point. That's a fun one. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, next game up, we got Jacksonville, 19.5 implied points. Philadelphia, 26 implied points. Bit of a surprise for this one overall. Um, the Eagles also one of the most probable bets of the week to win outright. Uh, and again, please go to probablyapp.com as well. Join the waitlist on there. We're sending out emails. I'm giving uh, updates, of course, with what the most probable bets are. And actually hit on Joe Mixon's anytime score in the email, just based on what I was reading from the top international markets and what they were doing. Uh, so go check that out. Probably app, P-R-O-B-L-Y app.com. Um, I think Jacksonville wins outright, Pete. Like, I think it's weird that people are kind of anointing Philadelphia when Jacksonville's been kind of spunky and maybe the bottom falls out from here. But I feel like Jacksonville winning outright as a seven-point dog uh, feels to me like that's got to be a 10-pointer. No, we always say that it's a 10-point spread is how you get it. So you got to say Jacksonville minus three to get your 10-pointer. I don't know when this became that, but fine. Jacksonville. It's a, it's a, it's a rough benchmark that we use to call each other out on their bullshit. As you try to just inch for value. That's not a 10 pointer. If you type in the implied probability of the Jags winning at that line, it is not less than 10%. All right. Let's see. I'll look it up right now. Good news, Pete. We have, you know what? Let's screen share it. Pete, this is a great way to promote as well. It's yeah, a great way to promote way. how you're trying to be a shyster. All right, here we go. So here's our latest probably beta here. Se- All right, so yeah, 71% chance. Yeah, funny how the how <laughs> I knew that was going to be the case. <laughs> All right. Um, Jags, oh boy, Jags expected to be almost dusted by the first half. This is not making me feel good about it. But I'll take Jags by three still, even though this does not seem like the most likely. And good news, good thing we had probably to look it up, Pete. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Ian saying that the Saquon one isn't less than 10% either. With projected points, we literally say if it's a 10-point gap, 
that we're doing that it's a 10 pointer and we both added up projections from both projection sources we're using do not try to come in here and tell me how to run the game that i created the rules on the fly for um i will do spags what do you have for etn projection versus james robinson etn projected by stochastic for 8.08 uh, robinson 11.9 all right so i will I want ETN outscores James Robinson by seven for 10 points. Uh, okay. All right. That seems fair. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll accept that. Uh, Chargers, 25 implied points. Houston, 20 implied points. Damian Pierce starting to look like he might be worth some draft capital, probably not the one that he was at at the end of the offseason, uh, but still a game, Pete, where Justin Herbert should be going. Looks like Keenan Allen, I guess, trending towards being out. Stochastic has him out in the projections, but he was practicing, then he was out of practice. I don't know what's going on there. But what do you want in this game, the Chargers and the Texans? Yeah, I think this game could be sneaky fun. It seems like Brandon Cooks is going to be chalk. Um, let's yeah. say, let's say Nico Collins uh, doubles Brandon Cooks in in fantasy points. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, that feels like it's got to be a ten pointer with what Nico does generally, though. Fifteen point three projection from Stochastic compared to uh, nine point four for Nico. So they are apparently more believers in Nico than I am. Um, I will say. Oh, here we go, Pete. Top five scorers or chargers? Is that a 10-pointer? Top five scorers. So by projection-wise, you're really just... No, I guess, yeah, you're fading Cooks and Damian Pierce. You need... You basically need... Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that one because you have Herbert, Eckler, Mike Williams, Keenan, those four. But then the fifth one gets really thin. You'd need Everett to outscore one of Cooks, Mills. So, yeah, I... This is a trap one. Both of us have fallen into this trap before, but I, I will give you this one. And sometimes it feels right, and then it ends up being wrong, and sometimes it feels wrong, and it ends up being right. But the onslaught here, I think, firmly in play. Tennessee, 19.8 implied points. Indianapolis, 23.3 implied points after they won a game against Kansas City that they had no right to win at all. Pete, what do you want between the Titans and the Colts? This is the Traylon Burks breakout game uh, on Monday. We're going to be talking about him in the same way we're talking about Chris Olave and Romeo Dobbs this week. I will say the highest scoring non-quarterback in this game. So over JT, over Henry, over Pittman. So Alec Pierce, a low projection, uh, certainly not one that's going to be anything to write home about. 4.7 from Osmo, it looks like, or Stochastic, it looks like. Traylon Burks, 18.8. Pete, if Alec Pierce were to outscore Traylon Burks by two points, is that enough to get a 10-pointer? Um, no, because I'm only seeing a three-point gap in their projection difference. So he would have to – you can all do the one that I've been doing. He doubles up Burks in scoring. Okay, Alec Pierce doubles up Burks one, one week. It's going to happen. I think Pierce has not put up any numbers, but he looks like he belongs out there making some nice plays in that game against the Chiefs. So They need him. Nice. I'll tell you that much. They have nothing right now behind Pittman. They need someone to step up. Honestly, I think it's time for Naheem Hines to be getting some snaps too because Taylor is not quite looking as effective when there's nothing else working on the field. But Naheem Hines is just like this, our generation's Tony Pollard pyramid scheme where it's just never going to happen. <laughs> I hope you're wrong about that one because that's another one. If he and Khalil Herbert both get out there and Jamal Williams, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, next game up, we got Arizona, 21.3 implied points. Carolina, 22.3 implied points. Um, Kyler Murray, 300 passing yards, 100 rushing yards in this game. Is that a 10-pointer? Say it again. 300 passing yards, 100 rushing yards. Yes, 
that's a 10 okay. pointer if he clears both of those okay I um i i think this line is absolute bullshit like how the hell are the panthers favored in this game i want to get this like i could just do a cheeky like money line cardinals um to try to inch my way up to a three-pointer let's say cardinals win by to get us to a 10-pointer i'll say they win by nine or more road oh. road underdogs gets it to oh. over a 10-point spread Okay, I mean, that doesn't seem like a crazy take, but certainly one that I think mathematically feels like a 10-pointer, so I'll allow it. Uh, Denver, 21.5 implied points. Vegas, 24 implied points, even though they really have not shown much at all at any point this year. Um, I will go first in this one, Pete, and I will say Devontae Adams held to under five catches for 50 yards. Is that a 10-pointer? No, let's do... Five catches for 50 yards is 10 DraftKings points. Let's. I'll give you a 10-pointer for Sutton is because you still have so many injury outs with stuff like that. It needs to be under five DraftKings points to even start to have this conversation. But he's got an 18-point projection, so if we're doing a 10-point spread for things, it feels like eight fantasy points. So, like, what if Devontae Adams scores then under eight fantasy points? Sorry, did you say Sutton or Devontae Adams? No, Devontae Adams. Oh, I thought you said Cortland Sutton for some no, reason. No, no, no. Dev yeah, Devontae Adams projected for 18.1 by Stochastic. Sure. I'll give you eight, but I do. I want an injury carve out for this. Okay. I mean, there's no way it's good. I guess Renfro could make it back in, but it's not like that's that makes it. No, no. I mean, if Adams gets hurt, the oh, under is yeah, not ten okay. points. So, like, if he gets hurt in the game, if he leaves the game and does not return, I want. But I've been getting these are the ones I've been nailing though. I mean, I've been like exactly, and that's why we're fucking tightening up the rules around here. All right, fine. He has to play the majority of the game, uh, you know, that he would be playing. Uh, but fine, I'll take that as a 10-pointer. I think this game is going to be fun. I think that these teams are finally going to get going here. I think this is the Javante Williams breakout game spot um, where he busts off some big plays. I'll go ahead and just put Javante Williams in the winning Millie Maker lineup. Okay, that's that's an easy 10-pointer, a classic 10-pointer. New England, 15.5 implied points, so it seems like the market's thinking Mac Jones won't make it in, even though it seems like there's now a chance he could. Green Bay, 25 implied points. This is also the most probable bet of the week, according to our data, probably. Uh, Green Bay winning outright, Green Bay winning throughout the game. Um, top, Pete, top five scorers from Green Bay. No, I was going to do that one, and I get it if you're because you already got to pull that one off. All right, fine. I mean, that's fine. You have to go to six then, because this one, this one on paper looks like Green Bay should absolutely no, roll them. We're we're gonna throw that one out for this one. Okay. Not what, then what do you want instead? Um, I want give me a ten pointer. Uh, Romeo Dobbs doubles up Alan Lazard in scoring. I see Lazard projected for more points than Dobbs. Um, I'm seeing Dobbs projected for more than Lazard by four. By four? Yeah. Stochastic big fans of Romeo Dobbs. Uh, what is, what does he have for Lazard's projection? Uh, 9.6 compared to 13.5 for Dobbs. Um, I'll just then I'll adjust it and I'll say Romeo Dobbs highest scoring, uh, non QB Packer. So he outscores Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon and Lazard. Okay. I'll say Ramondre Stevenson, highest scorer in the game. Okay. Uh, last game is on the books going to be the Sunday nighter, Kansas city, Tampa Bay, two historic star QBs playing against each other on Sunday night football. Actually looks like this is a pick them right now. Uh, so let me just make sure to update the line. Uh, ba -ba -ba, there we go. I'm surprised it's a pick them. That is a, not a lot of respect for the chiefs. Um, 
22.8 implied points for Kansas City, 22.8 for Tampa Bay. Pete, you could pick a showdown winning captain. Who would it be? Even though he's promising to share with Rashad White, I'll say Leonard Fournette, showdown winning captain. Okay. I will say, um, <laughs> I will say this is the week that we see a 50 yard play, a 50 yard pass play for Marquez Valdez Scantling. Is that a 10 pointer? Just put him in your winning captain line. If that 5,600, if he scores okay, yeah, no, that's a... fair. You know, fine. MVS showdown winning captain. Good, good call. There you Thank go. you for your help. You know, I'm just trying to stay consistent here. <laughs> All right. Uh, should I should I start Zeke or AJ Dillon? Probably AJ Dillon, right? Always. I mean, whenever the question is Zeke, it's it's always the other one. Trade CMC away, getting Fournette thoughts. I would still hold on to CMC for now. I would too. That there's a line when it comes to things, and that's probably about the line for me. All right, Pete, give the people the plugs here. Of course, people should be following you at Peter Overset. They should be following me at Chris Spags. They should be following the show at Splash Play Pod. But uh, what's going on for you? You're hitting serious in about nine minutes, right? Yep. Uh, SiriusXM, Dwayne McFarland co-hosting with me today. And then I have my uh, weekly GPP show with JM to win at 2 p.m. Mm, Eastern on my channel. Yeah, really been enjoying uh, breaking down the slate with JM. He thinks about DFS in such a, a unique way that I've been learning a lot. I think you guys will too. And uh, otherwise, yeah, just keep your eyes out for the uh, Fantasy Life newsletter in your inbox seven days a week free to sign up and uh yeah lots of cool tools getting added to fantasylife.com as well if you guys want to poke around there with um parlay calculators stuff like that make sure you subscribe to this channel hit the like button leave a comment if you're watching after the fact before you go and of course go to probablyapp.com sign up for the wait list on there we're so close we got live data on there it's fucking crushing it right now once we get the props and the sports books in there it'll be good to go and hopefully make you guys some money so please go to probablyapp p-r-o-b lyapp.com. Pete and I will be back next Friday, but I'll be back on this channel, hopefully back in my studio on Monday. So please subscribe and come back then. And we'll see you guys again soon. Enjoy your weekends and good luck. Mm -hmm.